I'm your host, Will Krebs, and this is the Under Pressure Outdoors Podcast. What is a common man? Merriam-Webster defines common man as the undistinguished commoner lacking class or rank distinction or special attributes. But when it comes down to the brass tacks, the common man is responsible for making the world turn. The everyday American blue-collar worker, the one who's up before the sun to work a day in it and then some. The backbone of modern society. America was founded on the backs of hardworking, dedicated common men and women who sought to make a difference and break the molds of a class society and create a structure where even the common man with a little work and determination could see themselves participating in activities only reserved for the wealthy. One of those such activities was hunting. So today we sat down with Jordan Spencer, a common man who has worked hard to earn his spot in the outdoors industry to talk about his own brand bearing the namesake, Common Man Outdoors. So Jordan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well... What do I do with my hands? We're not filming this, right? No. <laughs> it's all audio right now. No. Um, man, I don't know. What What do you want to get into? I'm Jordan Spencer. I guess we're going to get into some of the stuff I've been doing as far as filming for the outdoor industry and starting this show. But uh, I'm, I'm from Florida. Grew up in Florida. My wife's from Florida. My two kids were born here. I love it. But uh, I love traveling north during that deer season. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's, there are some great spots to hunt in Florida, but Mm -hmm. they are far and few between. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's getting hard, harder here as uh, more than northerners move down and we're turning woods into asphalt. I don't really like that too much. Yeah. You want to talk about that? Let's go ahead and start a whole nother podcast. So that's tough. (laughs) So, you know, spots that uh you got to hunt for a long time are gone and jay our buddy sitting over there quietly which, yeah you you guys have you guys have met jay before back at the beginning of turkey season was the last time he was here so it's been a few months that you've been in the, in the studio yeah it's been a minute but you know i'm gonna be i'm happy to be back but if you want to talk about <clears throat> being invaded well you know where i live where jordan's been sleeping the last couple nights it's been invaded you know that was one of the places that i grew up hunting and you know, I grew up there, and now it's just houses, you know. Yeah, so, I remember when it was nothing but woods and cows. Oh, yeah, we used to take our trucks out there and dig in the mud and drink beer when we was in high school. And, but everything's changing, and, you know, like all of us sitting here, we've adjusted and started moving to the north and hunting in Georgia and Alabama and going out west and whatnot. But, you know, Jordan's, uh, he's made a, he's making a living out of it, has been making a living out of it. And so he's... Uh, He's expanding out. I'm jealous of him. You know. You just got to come along with me. Well, you know. You invite me every once in a while, but I got to work. I'm a common man. <laughs> I hear you. Don't so let, you, so don't let it, Jay, hang on. I mean, let me, let me just state this right now. Don't let Jay lie to nobody. He does not work. He just puts on a good facade of working. I've, I've seen him more, than, more times than not driving his personal vehicle, vehicle around than I have his work truck. <laughs> Especially during deer season. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm either hunting or guiding, you know. 
<laughs> so yeah, I mean, Florida's getting tough for hunting though, and that's why I was kind of bringing you up, Jay. You've seen it more than I have. And uh, what are you saying? I'm old. I mean, you're you're a year or two older than me. We'll leave it at <laughs> but that. Yeah, I have seen it a little more than you, but it's getting tough. But you know, I'm making my way through it, and so everybody here is, you know. And it's we're hunters, and that's what we'll do. We'll adjust to whatever ha- whatever happens, and have a good time with it. So. Yeah, I've kind of got my heart set this year on killing a good quality buck in Florida, and I've drawn quite a few good permits to go and, and make that possible. So You drew Rock Springs, didn't I you? I drew Rock Springs. Yeah, that's a good one. And I drew the uh, the late-season muzzleloader hunt on um, St. Vincent's Island, which is which is going to be interesting. Um, and then I drew Point Washington Wildlife Management Area, uh, which we fought hard for a few months ago to keep the road out of there, and we did. Um so we figured what better than to go up there and hunt. I mean, we, we had never seen it, but now we're going to. We're going to go up there and hunt uh, modern rifle. Well, just think, Will. If we were as famous as Jordan, you know, we could go hunt Razor Ranch or someplace, you know, right? here in Florida. You can hunt Razor Ranch with me any time. I know. I've been invited <laughs> several times. Yeah, bring that checkbook <laughs> with you. You can hunt it. <laughs> no, speaking of Razor Ranch and, and what you're saying there, um, they have – Razor Ranch is, uh, they have a hunting preserve, so they have a lot of exotics and stuff there too, which is, I think it's right at 600 acres, but then he owns some 300 acres, which is nothing but free range that goes down the river on the back end of his property. And my goal, just like you're saying, is, is I haven't killed a Florida buck in seven years now, eight years. Man, maybe it's been longer than that. But I haven't shot a good Florida buck in a long time, so last year that was kind of one of my missions too. And uh, I had the biggest body Florida deer I've ever seen in my life at uh, 15 yards. And I just had a complete, like, shock moment where I'm sitting there standing there with my bow in my hand. And the way he walked in, I thought for sure he's coming to corn. And so I was going to let him get comfortable in that corn pile and then schwack him. (laughs) And he kept walking straight and just walked all the way out of my life and he was the <laughs> coolest biggest florida deer i've ever seen and i was shaking i mean i was i was ready to go but except for the part of going i didn't know what to do i thought for sure he was kind of walking with his head down like eeyore i thought man he's coming to corn he didn't come walk straight out he was no lie he probably had for florida he probably had 19, 20 inch main beams. Oh, dang. And he had probably a 17, 18 inch spread. I mean, he was a stud, but that's all he had. He had that and brow tines, no points. Oh, I'd have shot the crap oh, out of that I was, deer. Oh, I, yeah. I hunted him hard the rest of the year and couldn't see him. I'm hoping I get to see him again this year. But, you know, Jordan, like when you're in Texas hunting, you're expecting to see a big old buck walk out there. You mm-hmm. know, in Florida, something like that walks out in front of you, lock you up. You know, yeah, it will lock you up, you know, and you're just mm-hmm. like, well, what's happening in my world right now, you know? Yeah, that's right. But I took pictures you. of a spike in front of me for, he was over the legal inch limit. I think it's five inches five in Florida. Inches, yeah. And I was sending it to Larry there at Razor Ranch and trying to see if I can get the okay to shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> I actually watched that footage on your show. You know, I remember that. Yeah. You know, you're in that little sand pit, you know? Mm-hmm, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I watched that. That's good. He was standing in front of me too long. <laughs> I've actually never killed a deer in Florida. So that's that's why my big goal this year is to go and harvest a deer in Florida. Mm-hmm. I, if I could get lucky enough to get doe tags with some of my stuff, I'll be tickled pink to shoot a doe yeah. down here. But 
I, I've hunted in Florida, and I, I did a lot of uh, bow hunting in the Ocala National Forest because I always grew up right here. I mean, Ocala National Forest is 20 minutes away. I was always local to this area growing up. So in the early in bow season, I'd get off work from working at the grocery store or whatever when I was 19, 20 years old, psh, go into the woods, go up there and sit in the climber. And I had some bucks come in, never come into range. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I, I mean, I know this one behind me looks like a Florida deer, mm-hmm. but it's not. That's a George deer. Gotcha. <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself. Hey, that, I was 12 when I killed that deer, all right? That oh, was my okay. first all buck. Right, all right, all right. We're good then. <laughs> I would have shot him here if he showed up you, in front of me. Yeah, that. me too. I'm a 30-year-old man. If that deer walked out in front of me down here, it's dead. Yeah. yeah. A little six-point uh, like that. They have, uh, they have some good deer there at Razor Ranch. Last year, he wouldn't let us shoot any does. So anybody that knows me, uh, I get pretty excited to shoot does. My mouth starts watering because I've good. already got it in my mind what how I'm going to prepare them. Exactly. The way I'm going to cook them or grill them or whatever I'm doing. And we eat a lot of deer meat. And so one point last year, I had 12 deer in front of me, all within 25 yards at, there at Razor Ranch. And nine of them were does, and I had a spike and another four point. He wouldn't let me shoot that one either. So hopefully this year I can talk him into letting me shoot does. I'm going to do exactly what you're saying. I'm going to shoot the first deer I see in Florida this year. And what's crazy to think about is south of 70 opens up July 30th. Yeah. To go deer hunt. I don't know why you'd want to be in the woods and, and well, we to deer a, hunt in July in Florida, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> we got a kiddie pool set up. I'm going to be in a Speedo probably. Yeah. <laughs> sitting sitting in the kiddie pool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Realtree makes some Speedos I can wear for that hunt. I hunted in South Carolina, which opens up here pretty quick. I hunted in South Carolina with a friend of mine, bow hunting. And for some reason, we went to the same blind, you know. It was 95 degrees, man. We were sitting in there in board shorts and flip-flops. No shirts on, you know. And Dave ended up killing a deer, you know, and it was a hell getting it out of there because of the damn mosquitoes and the heat and, you know, but it was, uh, it was fun. We got to laughing at ourselves about it, but. I'll say, I, the one thing that's changed my hunting experience during the early season is I, I, I bought a bunch of, uh, natural gear camouflage and they have this, the SC2 pattern comes in, uh, it's like an active wear. It almost, the, the pants themselves are made of like a gym short material mm-hmm. and i'll just go butt naked underneath them suckers mm-hmm. in, the, in the early season with the long sleeve shirt on what rating is this show can we talk about being in speedos and kitty pulls and oh butt yeah naked no you're good the you're well, good. the last time i was on the show i saw somebody <laughs> sitting in standing in my underwear in tennessee during yeah. both season last year i mean i had my boots off i was sitting in my drawers i actually took a picture of myself and sent it to my buddy here in florida you know we, matt light did that too we'll probably get into talking about him i'm sure at some point but Matt Light played for the New England Patriots for 10 or 11 seasons, and he killed a deer in uh, Allah, Louisiana, in his underwear. There in, in the group hunt with Buck Commander, I believe. And he did the same thing in a Santa suit. <laughs> 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 you got to go watch that. He's dressed up in a full Santa suit and shoots this buck. Well, you know, they're colorblind, so I guess you'd get away with it, mm. you know. Hey, that's like Fred Bear said, the best camouflage is to sit still and be quiet. Yeah. And it's, I mean, there's that, truth to that. It's a lot of truth to that. Mm-hmm. So, what inspired you to get into the outdoors industry and start Common Man Outdoors? I think uh, getting into the industry is probably like every other avid outdoorsman. You look at it and you're like, man, just how cool would that be? You know? So, 
I was just so passionate about the outdoors that I wanted to try it. I wanted to try and figure out how do I get into the outdoor industry. So I was, at the time, I was helping an outfitter guide hog hunts part-time on the weekends. I was like a weekend warrior for him. And I started looking more into that of what's the what's the best way to get into the outdoor industry. And it, from what I could do, my research, from what I could find was either go work for like a clothing company or like a, a box store or something like that, which I didn't want to do that at all. No. I want to be outside, right? And then uh, the other one was become a camera guy. And so I started looking at uh, trying to become a camera guy. What, what does it take to be a camera guy? And so at that same time, I mean, within, I mean, a couple of weeks of me, like, researching all this and really trying to figure out how to do it, we had a, uh, I had a client come down from Michigan that wanted to do a hog hunt. It was a bucket list hog hunt. And uh, he was, he was terminal with cancer and they didn't know how much longer he had and his two boys bought this hunt for him because he always wanted to hunt hogs and so they asked if I could film it and I was like man yeah I'd love to this is I was just researching this I'm like yeah so I borrowed my mother-in-law's $200 Walmart handy cam and I went out there and filmed their hunt and the one boy he shot three hogs with one 308 so they were all lined up he said go pow and drop three of them and so i filmed that and i'm like man that was awesome I, sh- I i filmed the other boy shoot one and then i get to sit with the dad the reason why they're down there hog hunting i get to sit with him the rest of the night and, and we and we were in a makeshift blind palmetto blind you know i set up for him so he can be in a a chair on the ground and comfortable and he probably had 25, 30 hogs come through there, and he didn't shoot one of them. And we just got to talk that whole night uh, till dark, and he just he, he never shot one. He just said, man, it was just one more time I could get away with my boys. And I, I just thought that was pretty cool. But, but fast forward to, to the filming, to, or the uh, getting into the outdoor industry, I filmed that hunt, and I went back and edited it for them and sent it to that family, and they had a premiere and invited all the family over, and they watched their – they watched that hunt, their Florida trip, and loved it. And then I started seeing, man, there's something to telling this story and being able to film. So then I started really focusing on how do I how do I tell a story through the lens good enough that a show would hire me to come film for them. So I started working at that, and I went to trade shows and uh, talked to everybody and handed my card to everybody, and nobody called me back. <laughs> 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 I never got to film for anybody. So, uh, but to, uh, that was kind of the inspiration to get into it. Just like everybody else, I'm, I'm just passionate about it and I wanted to try it. And I thought, man, these guys that are doing it just look like they're having so much fun and and I would love to try it. And so that was kind of where it all came from. Just pursuing a passion, really. Right. I mean, that's, well, it's just funny. I've been friends with Jordan and has I've filmed hunts with him and gator hunts and stuff with him for the last few years we've become friends and I've never heard that story that was inspirational man man it was it, I can't believe me I haven't told I've you that never, story I guess I've never asked you I guess I'm not that good a friend that, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no I don't know that right there made me realize that you're not just out there filming something you're telling a story right and I get that now yeah. that you told that story I understand everything yeah. now you know because you have a passion for it you're incredibly good at it, 
Well, thank and you. you're very humble because if we could get into Well, I'm humble because I'm really not that good at well, it. Well, you are good at it. <laughs> I'm still learning. But if you could get into all of the people that I know that you've worked with mm-hmm. and filmed and all of that, you know, it, which has led to Common Man. Yeah. Um, you know, it's... Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, so I, I had this idea that I was going to go to this trade show and talk to these people and someone's going to hire me, and nobody did, right? And uh, so I found this course. At the time, it was called uh, The Life, I believe, but it's become one now. Become one, and they have a course called Film the Hunt. If you want to look up their website, it's under Film the Hunt. And they do a four-day production course along with an editing course, an advanced editing course, an advanced field production. I, I, you can learn every, everything you need to learn about the outdoor industry. You can learn from Tom and Nick at Film the Hunt. And and I went there for that four-day field production course and uh, and took that. And then now I left and went back to shows and could understand the lingo, you know, had a better understanding of what I was doing or trying to talk to these people about when I talked about what cameras I have or how I'm running or you know, anything that they, questions that they had for me that I couldn't answer the first time, I can answer this time. So I went around to a trade show in Michigan. I went to a trade show in Ohio, and I went to a trade show in Wisconsin all in the same week. Drove to all three three of those and uh, handed out business cards this time. And uh, nobody called me back. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, dang, I just did this four-day production course what am I going to do to get into it and and I got lucky and blessed with it as we're we're getting into this I had a buddy I was working with that drove past a sign that was literally at the end of the road of my house that I'd never seen that was for a wild game dinner at the church cross street from the neighborhood we were living at and he called me and said hey you going that wild game dinner tonight I said well I don't no idea he said the sign's right out by your house and uh, luckily, my wife had something to do that night. I went to that wild game dinner, met Doug Roberts from Conquest Sense. Mm-hmm. And they had a show called Conquest 200, which is still on Pursuit Channel. He's a great gentleman. Yeah, love them. They, yeah, they, we've, they we've, were so good to me. They yeah. hired me. We've been sponsored by him for a few years now, and he's a good guy. Uh, he is. Very and good guy. His yeah. producer, Dave Voise, um, man, I owe a lot to that guy, too. But... Uh, yeah, he got me He got me filming. And once I filmed for my first network show, they were on Sportsman Channel at that time, then I had to turn away work. I got so much opportunity after I actually got the first job. And I told them, I said, hey, I'll come work for free. Just give me an opportunity to learn from you. Well, I know you had to turn away work because you turned us away, you know, yeah. on Pursuit Channel. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of how I kind of got that start. And then from there, as far as the other shows I filmed for, to answer your question, Jay, is uh, I film with uh, Hank Parker, Flesh and Blood. I also do Hank Parker's Outdoor Magazine. I film his show. Um, I've been with Red Arrow. I've been with Buck Commander. I do some turkey stuff with Realtree. I don't, I don't film with Tyler. He has his crew. I just hunt with them. Uh, they come down here and hunt with me uh, for turkeys. Um, do stuff with the Matt, Matt Light and his foundation. Um, a couple other other shows that I filmed with. I don't. Well, I can tell you, the man. Experience was another one. Just, a couple other smaller shows. Just getting to know you over the last few years, you have a passion, you know. So, and I think that's what has made you what you are is your passion. Yeah, 
you know, it's funny. There was a time I prayed not to have this passion because it's it was kind of stressful there for a little bit. I was working a full-time job as a traveling sales guy for automation supplies. And I was using all my vacation to go film for other people. So there was no vacation for my wife and I to go on. There was no time unless we did a weekend thing. And so we did. I did that for three years. Yeah, that's what I did guiding. Yeah. You know, I took all my vacation and all my sick leave and plus some, mm -hmm. you know. So there was a time where I started feeling like I was being really selfish. But I also knew at the same time I'm so passionate about it, I couldn't stop. So I, I kind of had no choice just to keep going and pursuing it. Yeah, it's it's to me listening to you talk about it. It's very evident in the way you talk about it, how passionate you are about the outdoors. Yeah, and I love it. But I tell you what I love more now is the people I've got to meet and the friendships I've made through it. You know, we talk about uh, Hank Parker, Flesh and Blood, which Billy Parker was running. That. I, I consider Billy Parker one of my best friends right now. And he was I met him at ATA and Doug Roberts booth from Conquest Sense. I was there filming for his show. And I told Billy I was a freelancer and I'd love to do something with you one day. And he called me up for a turkey hunt. So that was just another thing where that first show got me so much more. And Doug Roberts and Karen Roberts and, and the whole Conquest team, they've always been good to me. And Dave Boise who produced that, like I said, I owe a lot to him, he helped me a lot. But they also, you know, I'm sure Catfish, Billy Parker, and we call him Catfish. Everybody pretty much knows him by Catfish. I'm sure when I gave him my card and talked to him, he turned around and asked Doug, hey, what do you think about this big ginger Viking you got running the camera for you? That's your new nickname, the, the Viking. The that's ginger Viking? That's what I'm calling him <laughs> from now on, GV. You know, I was, on, I was on a hog hunt with Kip in Florida, and I got the nickname Savage from him there, which we're not going to go into details. <laughs> And then we, and then Kip and I went out to Wyoming, and I walk up and introduce myself to Martin from Duck Dynasty, and Kip's, and I, before I could say my name, Kip goes, "Hey, that's Savage." And he goes, "Boy, this boy's six four, two fifty. He's a Magnum Savage." <laughs> <laughs> Is that the same trip you shot that prairie dog at? 4.6 miles, remember? Uh, I did yeah. that. That was I did, that. I did the I did the math on it and put on Instagram. That was yeah. a good shot at 4.6 miles. Uh, Freehanded. <laughs> Freehanded. Yeah. Don't forget that. that was I, I had a little wind coming from the left. <laughs> that was side, a great dude. video, man. Yeah, no, that was with Billy. We we're out in Utah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I just I just watched that. I'm gonna have to link that that specific video yeah. or that it was on uh, I saw it on TikTok. I it's yeah. link that specific one down there in the show notes so you guys can yeah, Jordan <laughs> Jordan looks at the camera and or Billy does and goes like that's ten thousand four hundred and fifty yards. So I did the math <laughs> yeah. on it. I'm like, man, that's a great shot at six point five miles. Yeah. yeah. Free handed. Yeah, yeah. free handed. Kentucky windage. Yeah, well, we just you know, early season mule deer out there in Utah, it's hot. You hunt mornings and evenings, and you have a lot of time midday. So we were going around shooting prairie dogs. And we got done shooting one day, and I grabbed the rifle, and Billy had the camera. And uh, I can't remember if it was Billy's idea or mine, but let's give it to Billy. Let's say it was Billy's idea. And uh, he's like, hey, let's go shoot this real quick. So we did that little skit. And what's funny when I posted that, is there was people that were seriously saying, there's no way you could shoot something 10,000 yards. And I thought it was obvious that it was a joke. But, man, did it go over some people's heads. I fired some people up. Yeah, that's what it was, 10,000 <laughs> And I said, yards. come down here, I'll prove it to you yeah. freehand, baby. <laughs> 10,000 yards. I was like, wait a minute, let me do the math on this. I got to make a comment. You know, It's like 4.6 miles or something. Yeah, you know? yeah. That was funny. 
So, how long did it take you to get Common Man off the ground? Common Man ain't off the ground yet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think it's going to take us about two more years. Uh, No, we started Common Man. We uploaded our first video, I think, October last year. And so, it was uh, Brett and Lindsay, who's who's the co-host of the show. Him and I, uh, I got to film Britain's elk hunt is how I met him, if we could back up a little bit. Go ahead. So uh, I was filming for a show called The Experience. And um, The Experience was a show that would take uh, veterans on a hunt of a lifetime. So Britain got picked. And I don't know all his accolades with with the Army, but I know he was an SF guy. And uh, he got picked to go out there, and I got the privilege of filming him on that, that hunt. And so that's how Britton and I met, which was, I guess that'd be two and a half years ago now, three years, or maybe almost, no, it'd be a little over two and a half years ago now, I think. I don't know. Forget whatever time it was. But we met each other in the last two or three years. And so we stayed in contact after that hunt. And uh, I told, and him and I talked about the outdoor industry and, and hunting and where it's going and what am I trying to do? And I told him, I said, man, I'm built, I'm, I'm doing all this to build up for my own show one day. And, uh, him and I just kind of stayed in contact and pretty much like-minded. And, uh, I just said, man, I'd love for you to be a part of this. If you'd want to be a part of it in any way, he goes, man, and yeah, let's do it. So I gave him the task of coming up with the name because he thought it was going to be easy. <laughs> so I said, let, I said, you sure, you sure you want to do it? And he, he said, yeah, yeah. I said, you got the time to do it. He said, yeah, I got the time to do it. I'll make the time to do it. I want to do this with you. I said, okay, you come up with a name because I already been through this. I've tried to come up with a name for a show for 10 years and I can't come up with one. So about two months go by and I said, Hey man, you come up with that name yet? We're getting close to deer season. No, he goes, man. I can't come up with a name. I thought it was going to be easy. He, when I told him that, he's going, oh, yeah, done. I got it. Got Two this. months go by, he don't have a name. So we decided we're going to each put down ten names and merge them all together and, see, and pick whichever one's the best one. So we came, I think we came up with like 24 names. And we showed our wives and asked a couple people. And we thought all 24 of them were terrible. And we just figured Common Man Outdoors was the least terrible one of all of them. So I, I was like, all right, well, man, nobody knows who we are. Like, people know who I film for, but they don't know who I am. So no one's going to care about the name. I mean, we got some time before this even really, we even know if this is going to do anything. We'll just call it Common Man until then. And then when we came up with Common Man Outdoors and, and the logo and showed it to people, man, everyone just loved it. So we're stuck with it now. I say you're stuck. I mean, you got a hat on. Says common man yeah. outdoors. Like you, you can't. I mean, you like us. You, you're stuck now. Mm-hmm. You didn't put it out to many places. Yeah. I sam- I got a sample from this company about a week ago for this hat. I really don't like the hat, but it's got my name on it, so I wear it for right now. It's all right. It, to me, it looks. What like I'm mad about is you never gave me one. I mean, I was one of the first piece per- people you filmed with, and I, if I gave you, you one, I wouldn't have one. <laughs> I told you I got a sample. This is the only one <laughs> the I have. The one you got. Britain doesn't have one. Oh, that's a damn The thing shame. I don't like about it, you know, everyone's doing this this patch thing, which I like the patch, but it's so thick. It, I feel like it looks like I got a belt buckle on my hat. 
like an old cowboy belt buckle, like I won in a rodeo. Jordan, I think you're being a little rough on the hat. It looks well, I, good. I'll tell you this. It you, looks good. I can hook you up with a guy that does ours. He's down in Bartow, so he's not far from you. Okay, yeah. I mean, we we have to drive Bartow's where I filmed that hog hunt for that guy that died from cancer from Michigan, his, his last hunt yeah. in Bartow, Florida, I believe. That, that Was that Kyle's dad? Or don't... Where do they own? No, Kyle's from Michigan, also. Yeah, but yeah, no idea who he is. Okay, I just thought I just put those two together. I didn't. You know. just think because they're both from Michigan. Yeah, they, they were be real relative. close. It's like yeah. being from Florida. <laughs> Where are you from, Florida? Oh, you're from Miami. No, I'm from Tallahassee. Yeah. And they, oh, y'all live close to each other. I get that's it. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, that's how Common Man name came about. It was the one that sucked the least, and now everybody loves it. So we're glad it worked out. I mean, there were some terrible names in there. I should have brought them to share them with you. But it's probably a good thing because there's probably some other people that have that name now or some or already had those names, and I'm saying they suck, so it's probably a good thing. I'd love, I would love to see that <laughs> list. Yeah. I would love to see that list. So, I mean, let's, let's, let's dive. Let, let's go way back. When, you know, how old were you when you started hunting? Um, I, did, I was – probably deer hunting i probably wasn't i was 20 years old when i started deer hunting i grew up fishing so it really wasn't that long ago no no it really wasn't that long ago for me i grew up fishing i've always been passionate about the outdoors but i you know most people that get into the outdoors they have a a a dad or an uncle or granddad that took them right i didn't have any of those you know I, i don't have a relationship with my dad uh and so i didn't really have a relationship with my granddad on his side my grand, my granddad on my mom's side died at a young age. I didn't, and I believe all of them hunt, but uh, I didn't have anybody take me or show me. So I was riding around on my bicycle, pond hopping, and then when I got my license, I was driving out to the beach and wade fishing. I, I grew up fishing, doing a lot of bass fishing and redfish and snook and and trout and flounder and stuff like that. That's what I grew up doing. I started hunting about. Uh, 20 years old a guy from work took me took me hunting with it and I did little things you know we shot pigs out of the back of a truck while we were driving and stuff like that you know like crop hunting where hunt satyrs farms down there not far from us and we went out and try and do some some pig control to help manage with the crops but actually hunting I didn't I didn't do any real hunting until I would say I I think I was 20 when I went to Michigan 20 no I guess I was 21 but yeah so that's when I started deer hunting. So it hasn't been that it hasn't really been that long. So I mean like for me I say what was your favorite hunting show growing up? I assume you watched that stuff on TV, right? Real Tree Monster Bucks. I mean, I guess that's everybody. You had you know, you had Real Tree Monster Bucks and then you had Juries. Juries. You know, I see I remember I remember things like uh Roger Raglan. What's uh nah, uh, Jackie Bushman. Jackie Bushman. Yeah, Buckmasters. Buckmasters. I had yeah. the. I had a buck. That was the first pocket knife my dad ever gave me. It was yeah. like, it was a, the one that came with the Buckmasters subscription. Yeah. And I had that dang Gerber for years, and I still wish every now and then I'm like, man, I swear I've still got it somewhere. Yeah. And I get searching for it. I just I just wish I still had that knife, you know. But that and uh, Pre- under wild skies. Yeah, Primos was pretty pretty solid too especially their elk hunts but again you know i didn't start watching those until i didn't see any of them till the end of high school yeah i did fishing man what what's crazy to me still to this day that i pinch myself sometimes is i remember sitting there watching hank on tnn and espn hank parker 
and now I film his. I film all his fishing shows. Yeah, that's what blows my mind. Every I time was just I... on the road with him. Yep. We were on the road together for a long time, just a couple month ago. We yeah, were... when we first when we first you know connected with each other over the phone, you were like, "Well, I can't because I'm going to be up here filming for yeah. Hank Parker for the next few months, and then yeah. I'll be back." Yeah, we were. We had a weird. You know, normally we start at the end of February, uh, do a little bit in, in March. And then he takes all of April off because Hank turkey hunts every day. He, I don't see how he does it. He, he I, kn- can, I knew I liked him. He, I, I yeah. I mean, I, I, he can flat out get after it better than anybody, especially at his age. Yeah. But uh, so we, you know, normally it's spread out. But this year we're supposed to go to Texas. It snowed in Texas in February or whenever that was, right? Yeah. Big snow in Texas. And then a couple things happened. We didn't get to go to Georgia in March. And then it was like, Man, we got 13 episodes. We got to film. So we were gone. I think it was 24 straight days. We I went from Florida to South Carolina, South Carolina to Wisconsin, Wisconsin to uh, Arkansas, Arkansas to Texas, <laughs> and then and then drove Hank's boat back because he had to he had to stay there for the classic, the Bassmaster Classic, and uh, he had to stay there. And I could either stay there for four days and ride back with him or I could take off. I said, I'll hit the road. So I got in his truck, drove his truck and boat back to his house, got in the truck and drove back home here to Florida. Jordan sent me a text during all that. said, man, there's nothing worse than trying to hold the camera on a topwater for six hours straight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got to do it because it's awesome. We, You know, we were in Texas, and it, we had a day in Texas that was – Pretty pretty incredible morning where he was getting topwater strikes on this bait called Chapo by Berkeley, and it was and he's catching five six pounders and he caught a ten pounder that day. Oh, on and, top water? On uh yeah oh yeah so uh, what's crazy that ten pounder didn't really explode but a lot of them five pounders man they were exploding so you're following I'm trying to follow this bait and zoom in a little bit so you know trying to get that award winning footage you're right. as Hank would like to say. Sean, this is award-winning footage. <laughs> but he, uh, so, man, we're we're four or five hours into this, and I'm looking at this little screen, zooming in on these these bass exploding on this bait, and I'm starting to get sick. <laughs> I'm like, I got a headache going. I'm getting sick from looking at this little screen, trying to focus the whole time. So yeah, that part did did suck. But I cannot wait to see that episode now because it was it was a pretty epic morning. I mean, every bass fisherman would have just that's a that's a morning they would talk about the rest of their lives. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That is, I'm a terrible. Uh, okay, let me let me rephrase this. I'm a great bass fisherman. Okay, I'm a terrible bass catcher. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll give you some advice here. <clears throat> I've filmed with Hank now, so I've learned a trick or two. Hank has never missed a fish in his life. All the fish has missed his bait before. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But he'll get he'll go to set the hook and and you know that fish won't be there. Did you get him? Nah, he missed my bait. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's like you know. Just a few weeks ago, we had my buddy Chris in here. This is uh, Chris Mack fishing on, on Instagram, and he said, "Yeah, I've got a I, my my net has a hole in it." I said, well, don't you, shouldn't you get in the net? He says, no, no, no. He said, I leave that net with a hole in it. That way, when I lose a fish, he got out that hole in the net. He mm-hmm. said, you mean to tell me a 10-pound fish got that four-inch hole? He said, yep. Yeah. That's exactly how that happened. Yeah, that's the <laughs> other thing Hank will say is if a fish gets off after he sets the hook and he reels a couple times, if it gets off between him and the boat, ah, uh, boys, that's just a long-distance release. <laughs> <laughs> 
It'd be more like Sean. That was just a long distance release. Sean. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love those guys. Yeah, he sounds. But like yeah, that. so uh, let's get this part out of the way too, so y'all don't know. I'm one of those ADD guys, so we're gonna have a bunch of squirrel moments. But to go back to answer your question, I, I just like grew up fishing. I grew up watching fishing. And then I got into, like I said, a little bit out of high school. I got into watching real tree monster bucks, and I loved Primo's elk hunting. Oh, yeah. You know, I think another one of those shows I loved uh, growing up, Jeff Foxworthy used to have, um, I can't, The Incomplete Deer Hunter. Mm. You ever seen that? Yeah, I've seen that. Oh, man. It was not a hunting show by any means, but it was hilarious. It is. It's, It's all based on comedy, but stuff like that just cracks me up. And I always loved uh hunting watching hunting shows on tv my mom used to call it the whisper channel mm-hmm. because everybody's always on there and they're gonna they're gonna go over there, they're gonna whisper and they're gonna tell you about this big buck that's coming around the corner you know yeah and yeah, she, that's right you got the volume turned all the way up and then bam the, the shot goes off everybody's talking loud you gotta turn the volume back down mm-hmm. yeah that's right <laughs> and anybody that tries to go and do their show uh that they you know anybody that decides they're gonna go film a hunt that's how they start well i'm here in this tree you know i'm hoping this big buck comes you know, it's everybody, and they all kind of do that, right? And just whisper there, and I don't know why. Yeah. I mean, like, when we were filming turkeys this year, I mean, it's, you don't, you just sit there and talk. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's it's funny, but. Yeah, I don't try to talk loud. I mean, but yeah, it's just, you talk. It's just, you just do what you've seen everybody else doing, I guess. Right. Well, it, it just, I mean, think about it. it. I grew up hunting with my dad, so. Any conversation that happened in the deer stand was always quiet. Mm-hmm. We're always trying to whisper, be quiet. And even this year, I had my son, which you, you met him earlier today. This year is the first year he's been in the tree stand with me, and I've killed a deer at the same time. So this doe walks out at probably 60 yards, 70 yards, and I'm sitting there eating crackers out of his snack bag. And uh, I look up, and all I can see is the shiny like the shine on her nose in the sun because she's standing deep into a shadow. And I told him, I said, Ryan, I said, I think, I think there's a deer standing down there. He says, what? I was like, shh, 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 shh. Don't, don't talk loud. What? I said, there's a deer standing down there, buddy. Where? I'm like, shh, 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 shh whisper. And all the, I mean, all this commotion that's going on in there, she never, never faltered. Mm-hmm. She stepped out into the green and then I shot her with that rifle, that 6.5 Creedmoor sitting up there on top of the, the gun rack. And uh, the first thing he says is, you didn't kill her. And I was like, what do you mean I didn't kill her? He said, well, she ran away. Yeah. I was like, no, she's dead, son. She's not far. <laughs> and he says, well, Grandpa doesn't shoot does. I oh. said, your grandpa's already killed three does. You just weren't in the tree stand with him when he did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't like hunting with me. I'm going to schwack his yeah, I'm schwacking. bunch of does. But that was the first time he's been in the tree stand with me when I've killed a deer. Now, he's been on plenty of duck hunts. I mean, he duck hunted with us almost every single duck hunt last year where we were in the boat. If we didn't have to be in waders and we were in the boat, in the blind in the boat, he was there with us. Mm-hmm. He's killed a few coots and more hens, and he just wastes decoys with his Red Rider BB gun. He's a, he's a duck hunting champ. He's great at taking naps in the boat. Yeah. That's one of his uh, favorite pastimes, wake him up at 3 o'clock in the I morning. I love He's taking a sleep. nap on the boat, but Hank gets mad at me. <laughs> he, I mean, he hooks into a big, you. big fish, and I'm back there sleeping. It's probably not a good thing. But uh, So he's he's been around for that, and but he's never seen, you know, been in the deer stand when he mm-hmm. killed a deer. And so that was the first time for him this year, and that was a whole wave of emotions. It was really interesting to see a little kid go through that, all that together, which, 
I really I, I love having him in the deer stand with mm-hmm. me. It's a lot of fun. That's the part I, I kind of miss about the Parker show. You know, uh, they decided not to do their hunt show anymore uh, last year. And they always did a lot of stuff with kids. And, man, just seeing some of the things they got to do with kids and then me having the, the privilege of filming that was just awesome. Kids getting their first deer. Some of them getting their first and only deer last year. You know, there's some sad stories and all that. But, but uh, man, just to be – to see it through kids' eyes is always really cool. Oh, that's like Ty, you know, gro- him growing up. I mean, I, he was three, I think, when I was shot my first deer. I was standing with him in it, you know, and it's just to watch him go through that process from being with dad and, and dad killing an animal to him growing up and him killing an animal with dad in the stand with him. I cried. Oh, you know? yeah. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, I tell Still you right is. now, one of my biggest fears right now, as far as my, my kids growing up hunting, is that, you know, when I grew up hunting, my grandfather either, my dad's side, he didn't hunt, and my mom's side, he didn't hunt either. My, my dad, my dad's biological father died when he was four. So his twin brother and my dad's uncle hunted, and that's who kind of, you know, that's how my dad learned about hunting. He didn't start hunting until on his own until he was in his 20s. So my dad always had us, and it was just my dad that took us deer hunting. But now I've got my kids, and my dad still hunts, and I hunt. And I'm like, well, he wants to go hunt with Grandpa some days. And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm going to be excited for him when he kills a deer, but if he kills it with Grandpa, I'm also going to be a little upset because mm-hmm. I want to be there, right, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I'm not going to tell If he wants to go hunt with his Grandpa, I'm not going to tell him no. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and we'll see how it goes. See how it all plays out. Yeah, it's it's an awesome thing to watch your kid. You know, a couple, I don't know, two years ago, I guess it was, we were up at the our place in Alabama, and it, it, Ty shot a trifecta, Alabama trifecta, you know, you know, coyote, a pig, and a deer all in the same day. You know, it was it was so fun, man. And it was, I, you know, it's just proud moments. He, yeah, you know, he was young at the time. What were we, thir- 12? You were 12 at the time. And, uh, you know, it's just a lot of fun, you know. That's awesome. So, Jordan, tell me, did any of the shows you filmed for or the hunters involved in them, do they have any influence in, in the way you do Common Man Outdoors? Uh, I guess, yeah, you probably pull stuff from everybody. And uh, that was something I think that really helped me out with filming too, is that all the different shows I got to film for – at that time, early on, I was a freelancer, right? So I was hired just for that hunt. And, you know, I only filmed Buck Commander that one time that year with Matt Light and didn't film with him again for another year and a half. And I did a lot with Red Arrow, did a lot with uh, Hank Parker, Flesh and Blood, and Catfishing them. So I was always around other camera guys. Some of them have full-time camera guys. Some of them are freelancers like me. So I pulled everything that I thought that they did was – awesome and cinematically looking good and i tried to mold mine for what all those guys seen uh so i'm sure i'm pulling some stuff from some of them shows subconsciously or not you know but uh i think one thing i do know uh which is a deer hunt i was on in texas with hank um this was at uh this was at cactus jack i believe and um we shot uh, 
Hank shot a really big deer. I think he scored 153 as an eight point. Really good deer. That's a big. Yeah, that's a big yeah. eight. Yeah, he got fixated on that eight. He had a stud of a 10 out there, and I tried to talk him into it, but he got fixated on that eight, and he wanted to kill it. So he didn't. He killed that 153. I think it was 153.8. And uh, we went back, and we're watching the footage, and Hank's kind of critiquing me, right? And uh, there's this part where where a doe picks her head up and looks back behind her. And when that happened, I kind of moved the frame in towards that doe a little bit more and zoomed in a little bit because I had a feeling that that buck was not far. Just kind of an instinct as a hunter, right? Right. I was hunting him with my camera instead of a bow. And then sure enough, that big buck came out. And Hank was so happy with that because what he said to me is that stuff right there makes the viewer feel like they're on the hunt with me. And he's had a network show for, we're filming year 37 of his fishing show, and they had a hunting show for 15 years. And he was looking at that footage as what he thought, how the viewer would feel. And I thought, man, after all this time, that was pretty cool. It doesn't change how he hunts or who he is. but he, And the way he hunts, none of that, right? It doesn't change that. But there's also the the respect that he has for his fans that he wants to put out the best product that he can and make them all feel like he was a part of the show. So with Common Man, you know, the big thing with us is is hunting should be fun. But I also, hopefully, we'll have a fan base one day that's following along with us, and I want them to feel like, man, they've been on this ride with us or they were on that hunt with us. So so I know I pulled that from Hank and the Parkers. Um, Kip is obviously one of the most creative guys there are in the industry and and i don't know that anybody does better commercials or anything than him and and he comes up with all that on his own and he's and so we've had some some fun back and forth obviously long truck rides with him he drives his truck everywhere uh so we've had conversations and i'm sure i'm trying to pull some comedic stuff you know along the lines of what he does um but at the same time in our own way you know, more of our style than Kip's style or more of my style than Hank's style. But um, I know that there, I'm sure there's some influence coming. But really, that story with Hank's the only thing I know that I, I've, I've taken that's really hit home with me that I want to keep going with my show is just having that, that conscious part of like, hey, there's people viewing this. And uh, if we're really trying to build a show that fans are going to follow, we got to keep them in mind, too. So do you think being a cameraman has made you a better hunter and vice versa? Yeah, um, absolutely. Just because everybody I, I filmed for is a better hunter than me. So it's uh, I learned so much from all of them. Um, for one, like the drive that like Hank and Billy Parker have is, I mean, second to none. They'll go all day long. And uh, my first time filming with, with Billy Catfish Parker uh, was that turkey hunt I was telling you about that he, he hired me for. And we we got out there, obviously, way early, you know, way before daylight, trying to hear a bird gobble on the roost and then go after him. And we didn't stop until I think he shot a turkey at 4.30 in the afternoon. We didn't stop all day. We hiked them kentucky mountains up and down we were hunting behind the kentucky speedway and i I feel like he was just kind of putting me through the paces to see if i 
if I was going to complain or cry or say, hey, we need to stop for lunch or anything like that. And, and he ended up telling me he was, he was pretty impressed that I didn't, I didn't say or ask for any of that stuff. We just kept hunting and kept going. Um, but the, the amount of, of time that those guys put in to put in a good show, the way they hunt, how hard they hunted, um, that's kind of, I mean, that's kind of a weird thing to say. I hear people say all the time, you know, we hunted hard. And I'm like, eh, you know, eh. what does that mean? Like, there's times where you're hiking a mountain elk hunting and you get out of breath and it's like, dang, you take a break. But what's really hard about it? I just love all of it, I guess. Right. But, and then I just said it. So I kind of caught myself there. But I guess just, just how, uh, how, they are so focused on the task at hand is the way I would put it. Um, I like their drive. They're not going to stop. They're going to keep going. And for people that haven't ever hunted with a cameraman, a professional cameraman with them, you know, it creates a situation that's way more difficult than the normal hunter in a tree by himself. And it's know? always the cameraman's fault. It's always the cameraman's fault. You know, that was, this is, that that keys right in. I mean, the segue right into my next question is, you know, having filmed and stuff like that, and now you're running your own, uh, the common man outdoors. How does that influence how you pick a tree? Uh, well, that's a great, you know, question. because I, I mean, I can walk out there out. by myself and go that, that little sapling right there might hold my 250 pound butt and we're going to try. But if I got to put another guy in that tree or somewhere mm-hmm. close by, I mean, that, that's a whole new ball yeah. game. No, we just pick whichever the wind's blowing the right way where our backs is not blowing over our head towards the corn pile. <laughs> <laughs> We get on all, every every side of that corn pile and fire away. No, man, it, you do have to you do have to look into obviously wind and what you think that wind's going to be at that special time of year, and you find some trees there and and you're looking for cover too. You know, you're not going to have much cover when it gets later in that year for for us hunting up north. So you got me, like I said, I'm six four, and uh, and then you got another hunter there and you know you're trying to hug that tree and have some some backdrop and and you're looking at what you think that's going to look like in in that fall time so you're not sticking out and then playing the wind one of the things about knowing jordan and filming and whatnot is i didn't realize what they put into their stand placement you know because we would go scout property for them to film and and it would be like, well, we can't do that because we don't have this. We got to have this, and you know, it's it, it's there's a lot involved in when you put another guy up a tree next to you and go to filming, you know, because you know how hard it is when you're sitting by yourself to not get seen and all that. But you know, when they go to putting sets in, you know, the equipment that they use, because I'm a, you know I'm a climber guy, you know, and all of a sudden these guys are you know hanging all kinds of stuff to get where they need to get and you know it me being involved in a show on pursuit channel and filming and stuff it 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 blew my mind as a guide you know hunting my whole life it blew my mind what they how they had to approach it it's just way more difficult than me going out there skinning a tree with my climber and shooting a deer right it's very impressive you know, the way they do it. So I'll circle back and bring this all back to your previous question. But uh, 
if I'm going to pick a tree, if I could have Billy Parker pick that tree out for me, I'd love to do that. But then again, there's also so much fun when Kip and I was in Wyoming and we just walked out there in the middle of pitch dark and said, this tree is big enough to hold both of us. Let's get up in it. So I love that too. Like, so going to, to taking away from what I'm taking these guys from hunting, Billy and Hank, uh, I love their passion for it. And not that these other guys have passion, but they're just, I, I just think they're a little bit more intense. I guess I could say they're, they have a goal in mind and they're going to go, go after that big buck. And then some of the other guys just say like Kip or, or Tombo from, from Buck Commander, how much fun they have in a tree, uh, or, uh, on a hunt stalk, whatever it is. It, it was, it was definitely a little bit more, I guess, relaxing with those guys, uh, because it was it was more of a fun first thing, and not that Billy and Hank don't love it and don't have fun for it. I just think they they are so ate up with it that they have a mission that they're about they're trying to accomplish, and so uh, I'm trying to take a little bit of all of that that drive and passion and that 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 target deer or and or for me target hunt. You know those guys will pick out a single deer and hunt it. I'm picking out 40 deer. <laughs> so You're right. I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm looking for the same end result of just letting an arrow fly that the Parkers are. They're just looking for a bigger deer. And then the how much fun like Tombo has and, and Kip and um, through the whole experience, I'm trying to merge, I guess, both of those together. So I, I've, I've watched a lot of your videos on YouTube and it's, it's a... Uh, I appreciate that. It's a different experience from watching your your average hunting show or hunting YouTube channel it's uh it's much more relatable in my opinion well yeah that's definitely the goal i you know i love a cinematic slow-mo shot as next as much as the next guy but i also that's just it just seems like there's a lot of that and that's just not our style we're not going to be the guys that uh take this too seriously and I feel like some guys make you feel like their hunt is life or death. Like they have a bunch of slow-mos and voiceovers and cinematically is shot. I mean, really good stuff. I mean, they, there's a lot of talented guys out there doing these shows, but at the end of the day, what I love about hunting is just having fun and the people that I'm there with. So I, I don't want to ever try and take it too seriously. So, I, but I also know that, what we do is the same thing that everybody else is doing. You know, we got an episode there. Jay loves bringing it up where Britain's talking about hunting over corn. We're in Kentucky hunting over corn and our camera guy who films for some other shows and we won't say who they are, but he's like, man, I couldn't get the deer without having the corn in the shot. And Britain's just pretty much like, I don't care, man. People hunt over corn. We hunt yeah. over corn. Like we're, we're legal. It's Kentucky. We can have a thousand pounds of corn down if we want. So, you know, we're, we're going to be true to who we are and, and, and kind of show it all in a respectful way. But also, I think we're just, you know, we're like everybody else. Britton grew up deer driving in South Carolina with dogs, and I can't wait to film that episode this year. And we're not going to, you know, that's just kind of our approach the whole time is staying true to who we are and just at the very 
least of it, we're just going to have fun with all of it because hunting should be fun, in my opinion. You're sticking to the core of what it means to be a common man. Yeah, it's all kind of coming together now. Like I said, we didn't like that name at first that much, but yeah, but it, I mean, else does, but it's coming together now. If, if it's really it. well, because like you know, like you said, you don't you don't see that corn pile in in on uh, the, the outdoor channel and stuff like that. Our, and, our Britain's big old lipper he's got in. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, he put it in big chew there big stuff there right before they went to go track that deer which he should have known better for one <laughs> he got out but you know what it is is that's what he's always done he kills right. a deer and throws a big dip in and that's what he did he was gonna have that dip in while he went and tracked that deer and then he's just like man can't have me on here looking like a redneck well <laughs> with our show on pursuit channel it's the same thing we yeah. got a call about me with a big old fat lipper in mm-hmm. in every scene i was in you know yeah. And they frowned upon it, but you know, common man can do what they want because Jordan runs the show, you know? right? So it's it is what it is, and that's just I don't know. That, that's the victory dip. Yeah, you got to have you the victory have, dip. You, you know what I mean? You know, <laughs> you got to do it. So. It's it's just one of those things, man. It, it's something that's I don't that know. was really a victory dip for him. That's a good way to put it now. And uh, now I wish he didn't didn't spit it out there for the interview but uh that was the first buck to go down on common man outdoors was that kentucky kentucky deer i missed a, a buck in michigan or i would have had the first one that was a good episode too but yeah I and, and then the same ooh, kentucky boy, i swung high on that deer <laughs> yeah, in michigan <laughs> but he killed that one in kentucky and that was our first one you missed a doe in kentucky too no no yeah no i didn't you didn't Mm-mm. i mean i'm gonna have to go back and look Nope. i think you did what what sucks too and and it was bound to happen but that was the first buck i've ever missed with my bow the one in michigan mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it happens to the best of us i was brother. a good deer for where we hunt michigan too i wish i could say that oh man i've missed two men i missed more than one buck with my bow yeah but oh a, I, I, it's gonna happen again oh it, it just, happens it happens that was you, it you, you can practice the one i miss with my bow not my fault to an extent I just right. wish I had that title of first buck for Common Man Outdoors. <laughs> yeah. He just slides in there, Kentucky shoots a deer, slides back home. I got to get all the camera guys together, go home, edit it. And then talk smack him. about you to his cameraman. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good episode, man. There's no doubt. But but the, the one that I missed, I did not completely verify that my shooting lane was 100% clear. Mm-hmm. And I nicked a vine. Or limb, yeah, or something. I've seen plenty of them miss. I filmed quite a few of them miss. I filmed Matt Light missed a good deer in Illinois. Uh, he'll never hear this, so I can say it. But he missed a good deer in Illinois when I was filming for Buck Commander that time. I'm going to send it to him. Yeah, someone will find his email. <laughs> <laughs> well, y'all don't know Matt Light. He does not answer emails. He does not have social media. <laughs> He's a... He's a very hard to get a hold of sometimes. But I, I can send him a letter. Yeah, Don't worry you, about it. yeah, you might if you send him a letter, he'd probably get it. But he ain't gonna get nothing nowhere else. But uh, we had this deer coming up um, in Illinois, probably a one sixty. And this deer is coming out of the thicket. And what was crazy about it is we were doing the excellent interview for that hunt. Matt's bow's on the ground, and he's holding his arrows. And he's talking about we're hunting by a bunch of sedge apples, I believe they call. They're like they're about the size of like a tangerine, but they're like furry on the outside. I don't know what they are. I'm you know I'm not from up there, but 
uh, I believe they're called sedge apples. And Matt was doing the interview talking about, I'm going to get one of these sedge apples. I'm going to peg a doe with it. How funny would that be? Like if I was playing dodgeball with deer and we're sitting there cracking up laughing and this deer, this buck comes over the hill. I mean, 40 yards from us. And I'm like, deer, deer, buck, buck. And he's like, can I move? I was like, no, <laughs> don't move. <laughs> and that, that buck got in some thicket and was kind of go looking the other way. So he gets his bow back up and that buck's walking towards us and it's about 28 yards. He pulls back and I'm filming and I'm like, oh, this deer is going to be dead. And he shoots at this deer and all that thick stuff. And I'm maybe he couldn't see what I saw, but he, he smacked a tree square. I mean, he didn't have a paper plate size hole to put it through. It was maybe a Pepsi can. But and I'm like, what? What just happened? And he's like, dang, I missed it. And I said, yeah, you like missed it. a lot. It sounded like yeah, it. you hit a, that. Your, you see that glowing arrow in that tree? That's your. That's yours. That's non-retrievable. Yeah. It's gonna be staying. Yeah. There, you know. But uh, I'm like, why'd you shoot? He's like, man, I guess I don't know. I thought it was gonna go the other way. I said, you don't see that two track he's about to walk out onto be 25 yards broadside on a two track? <laughs> like, nah, I didn't think it was going that way. <laughs> That's the way he was facing, bud. That's <laughs> like, that, that, that buck you. fever, man. It'll get the best of you every time. I think it was just like a a deal of like us just goofing off. Just complete and then shock. Like, oh, my God, there's yeah. a 160 there at 40 yards. And then we never thought he could get his bow off the ground to get a shot and then everything came together and i think he just was rushed mm-hmm. but yeah i don't even know why we told that story now who knows who knows like i said well we got into that so tell us some of these the, the more the, the other comical things you've witnessed from behind the lens of a camera well let's stick with matt light then <laughs> <laughs> i got i got a story with tombo we probably I shouldn't get into that. No, I'm just playing. Let's stick with Matt Light. Um, Matt is the best prankster I've ever seen in my life. And luckily, I'm behind the camera for a lot of this stuff because I would hate for it to happen with me. <laughs> Dave Carraro, for all you Wicked Tuna fans out there, Dave Carraro was uh, deer hunting with us in Illinois on this deer... <laughs> Oh, this is a good story. This same morning, Matt hit a tree. Dave Carraro shot one over a deer and hit a tree also. Like, <laughs> 10 minutes after we did. It was crazy. But uh, uh, Matt's going to play a prank on Dave Carraro. Our buddy Jake Rask um, sets up a dinner for us all that, that night. We're going to meet this kid that wants to meet Matt Light. Um, his name was Adam. Great kid. Uh and so Matt says, hey, I'm going to pull a prank on Dave Graro. Make sure he rides home with you. And he's talking to Jake Rask. And so Jake is drinking cranberry juice. I mean, and he's pounding them. But, at, like, they all think it's cranberry and vodka, right? I mean, and he's hammering them. And so we all go to leave, and I'm driving my truck. And so Matt, uh, the other guy, John, with us, um, all jump in my truck. Another guy jumps in my truck to where there was no room. So Dave had to go with Jake. So Jake pulls out of the parking lot, runs up over the sidewalk, goes over the curb, swerves down the middle of the road, and Dave Carraro starts texting us. They're texting Matt. He's like, dude, Jake is 
hammered drunk, man, pray for me. <laughs> <laughs> and he's swerving all over the road. And he's like, can, is there, can y'all, we pull over and I get in the truck and Matt's like, man, there's no room. We're almost to the house. Right. So not long after that, whoop, whoop, here comes the police <laughs> pulling over Jake for a DUI. Right. Pulling him over, uh, says, Hey, you know, I'm pulling you over. Does that whole deal. Right. Jake's like, no. And the guy's like, well, you, you drove over a sidewalk, a curb, and you came swerving down the wrong side of the road. And uh, so they go, he goes, I need y'all, I need you boys to get out of the car and put your hands on my hood. And th- what was funny is Dave's going to hate this. <laughs> if, if he hears it, he goes, hey, bud, you ever seen Wicked Tuna? <laughs> <laughs> And that, man, God bless him. That guy kept a straight face and said, not wicked. What? No. He goes, no, you boys need to get out and put your hands on the hood. He goes, I need to, I need to search this car. So Matt earlier put a bag of sugar underneath Dave Carraro's seat. (laughs) And so, so I'm filming and this is November in Illinois and me being the Dummy that I was, I forgot to bring my, put my jacket on because it all happened so fast. I'm freezing, and I'm filming from the tree line. And so, man, this cop brings out his test kit and tests the sugar with those guys standing on the <laughs> sit with their hands on the hood. And he said, hey, he goes, that's purple. You know what that means? That's methamphetamines. I'm going to place you under arrest. <laughs> <laughs> so he arrests Dave Carraro there. And we have the footage from my camera. We have the footage from the dash cam of the police car and inside the police car when he put him in there and shut the doors. <laughs> so Dave's freaking out. He, he thinks he's toast. He's, he's man. He's a airline pilot also besides having to do the show. And he's thinking he's about to lose everything because it's not a DUI for having a couple of beers. It's, you know, this is cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> That's some heavy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so Matt, so Matt gets out and he's talking to the officer and he's talking to, to Dave and, and they're sitting there and, and, uh, and to kind of cut the short story a little short, it, it gets to the end where you could see Dave starting to get pretty, pretty stressed out. And the cop says this, he says, Dave goes, man, is there anything we can do about this? Matt's like, yeah, there's gotta be something we could do about this. And the cop goes, no, nah, I just wanted to give you a chance to talk to your boys before I took you in. <laughs> that was it. He was like, right, good, take it in. Like, this is really happening. He's like, yeah, I'll try and get you in front of the judge first thing in the morning, but there's no guarantees. <laughs> and that's when Matt gave me the whole head nod, come out around the corner like it was, you know, that show punked. Yeah. <laughs> and I come around, put that camera in front of Dave's face, and boy, did he lose it then. <laughs> he was happy, but he lost it on us. Oh, I bet. And that, that cop, what's funny about that cop is he's – a huge Wicked Tuna fan. He's seen every episode, and Dave was his favorite boat on there. (laughs) (laughs) So he kept it together through that whole thing. So, yeah, that was pretty good. But that's not really a hunting story, I guess. You probably want to hear a hunting story, too. Um, I I got one from Billy Parker and Hank Parker. Get you a little bit more of that whiskey. Yeah, go ahead. uh, (laughs) So uh, Hank calls Billy up says, Hey, Sean, we're going turkey hunting. You know, I wish I could do Hank Parker's voice as good as Billy. I wish he was here to tell it because he, do, he does a great job of it. But, Sean, we're going turkey hunting, West Tennessee. He goes, I got this guy jam up with turkeys. 
showed me pictures. We're going to go whack them. So Billy's all fired up. They get in the truck. You know, it's about a 10-hour drive for them to get from where they are to West Tennessee. About eight hours into this drive, Billy goes, Hey, Dad, uh, how much land does this guy have? Sean, don't worry about that. I got this. He's ate up with turkeys. Don't worry about it. He's like, all right, all right. He's like, he's got he's got bird zones. Sean, I told you I seen the pictures. And so Billy says, he goes, you can see Dad's hand kind of start tapping on the steering wheel a little bit because he's starting to think, and, he, and he'll rub his mustache. Hank will kind of one finger rub his mustache a little bit. That's when he's thinking. And it was starting to bother him, so he called the landowner up. He goes, hey, man. He goes, yeah, we're two hours out. Yeah, yeah. No, no, we're good. No traffic, nothing. We'll be there in two hours. We'll be ready to hunt in the morning. You you ready for us? Guy's like, yeah, yeah. He goes, man, my son's burning my ears up about this turkey track you got. He goes, how much land do you have? And Billy goes, that's when, he goes, that's when I knew it was bad. He goes, dad's voice changed. Uh-huh, yeah. Oh, is that right? And he's talking to this guy, and his voice getting, okay, yeah, no, yep, yep, we're about two hours out. Okay, yeah, yeah, we'll see you about then. So, hangs up the phone, and, and Billy said it was probably just a minute that went by, I think. He goes, but it felt like a half hour. And he goes, Sean, he's got seven acres. <laughs> 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 oh, they just drove 10 hours to hunt a turkey on seven acres. <laughs> now, now I realize why you asked me that question we turkey hunted this year together. How much property you got? How yeah, much property that guy got? You know? <laughs> yeah. And what was funny is they got there, and uh, the guy goes, Hank, I know you could – I could hear it in your voice. You're a little worried, so – you know, I called the neighbor, and I, I asked him if y'all could turkey hunt over there, too. And he said, yeah, no problem. He's like, oh, man, that's great. How much land you got? He's got five acres. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Twelve acres. Yeah. yeah. I tell you what. If Twelve y'all, acres, ten-hour drive. If y'all haven't seen the Common Man Outdoors uh, prank that we pulled on them when we turkey hunted this year. Oh, yeah, that's a good you one. Gotta, you got to watch that. It's pretty good. Um do you want me to explain? Yeah, it? Jordan can tell you better because he was way involved in it, and it just yeah. we, we just sat back and watched. It was one of those mornings where we were getting our butts whooped by every turkey. I mean, there's turkeys on this farm we're hunting here too, and we had uh, we got our butts whooped. Well, we heard one gobble off in the distance, and I was kind of headed that way, and then I heard two hens just start getting after it, you know back and forth with each other and then i thought i heard another gobble off in the distance i said well i said let's go over there so my camera guy and i start headed towards where we hear those hens and i thought the gobbler was just not far behind him maybe facing the other way type deal and so we get to a point where i tell my camera guy i said hey they're right there like we're gonna have like we gotta either sit here we can't move any closer. So we sat there and I call and it was like, I call a little bit and then, you know, the hen call right back at me. Yep. Just like that. Just perfect, man. Yeah. I mean, just and I'm hammering. Like, so I'm like, oh, we, we got them. Right. So I was like, well, I want to close the distance a little bit more. So I, my camera guy and I belly crawl another probably 25 yards and get set up. And I'm sitting in the prone position with the fan in front of me. And I'm thinking, as soon as I see that white face come over that hill, I'm blasting it. And uh, right at that time, our buddy Ricky pulls up on his side-by-side, and I am fired up now. 
for one, the morning before Ricky kind of was calling quite a bit in the morning. We don't uh, need to get into that. Overcalled a little bit. Overcalled a little bit for my liking, but that's okay. You know, you're hunting with other people and it's fun. But he pulled up and I'm I got these birds working. And I go, What Ricky, what what's the deal, man? And uh he's like he's like, What's going on? I said, Man, we got I had birds working right here. And uh he goes, Oh yeah, nah, don't you don't want them. Those are my special birds. And I go, What do you mean? He goes, That's a tennis ball. They've got they've got people <laughs> playing tennis over there. <laughs> They were playing pickleball, you know? And, yeah. going, and I belly crawled over to the last 25 yards of these tennis players. That's going, burp, 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 burp. and I'm going, burp, 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 burp. and then I'll hear, burp, 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 burp. and I'm thinking, dude, I'm telling you, if you I watch got, the video, oh, yeah. I watched it today. So I knew about oh, halfway yeah. through the story where you were going oh, with yes. this. That was, that I'm was. sitting there. I'm looking back at, I look back at Kyle, my camera guy. And I said, I said, Kyle, we got her. Oh, I was like, we got her. She's going to bring that long beard with him. I said, it's only a matter of time. He's going to break off and come to us. Because I felt like there's really no other way for them to go besides right to us, besides going through some, like, thick briars and stuff. So I was like, we got them, boys. (laughs) There was a tennis ball. (laughs) I I was dying We're sitting over on the side. He's like, man, should I go tell them or should I not? I'm like, man, they done crawled 150 yards across that field. You might ought to go tell them because I'm hungry. I want to go get me some breakfast. <laughs> yeah. It was hilarious. I'm sorry. Yeah, I really sorry, didn't want to share that story because, like I said, <laughs> Tyler Jordan and them guys come down and turkey hunt with me. And, and Tombo came down this year and I filmed his turkey hunt. And that was through Martin Outdoors, uh, Martin Bowes. Uh, they, they brought Tombo down there to turkey hunt. And I thought, man, this is going to be perfect next year. I'm going to get it because it's like. I don't know how much land it is there, 500 acres total around that. What, the farm we were on? Yeah, yeah it's about 500 acres, and it's ate up with birds. Yeah. I no, mean, oh, we seen a bunch oh, it's of birds. Ate up. It was just, we got whooped. Yeah, it's but just the facts. We got whooped. It's 500 acres. You're not thinking there's a tennis court in the middle of this 500-acre farm. And there's, right. There's the tennis court, and sure enough, we get up. We go to leave. This is what sucks about it, too. We go to leave. There's two long beards strutting in the road there while these people are playing tennis. Under the oak tree because yeah. there's a country club there. Yeah. You know, it's on the edge of the farm. And we get to go to leave to go get breakfast. And we come around the corner, and there's two big old long beards under the oak tree looking at them people hitting them tennis balls, hitting them yeah. pickleballs, you know. So <laughs> the thing that sucked was we weren't 100 yards away from them, so I couldn't shoot them birds. But the other thing, I think that's the rule. I maybe just made that it's up. It's 100, yeah. yeah. But uh, it's not – Fifty? Nope. What is it? Nope. There, there isn't one. Oh, there isn't. No. Nope. So I could have shot one of them long beards as long as you were on your private property. Yeah. Now, if you well, had permission, were, to they hunt were there. in the parking lot. Yeah. So they, I don't think they, I could have. No, that that would that would not lot. have been that would not have been. He'd legal. have put some toxin yeah. in their legs. There is oh, yeah. no there is no distance rule in the state of Florida. That's good to know. But what I was getting at, which made me feel better. <laughs> Was them tennis balls called in two long beards too? Yeah. So. <laughs> you weren't did. the only one fool. I wasn't yeah. the only one. Yeah, they didn't come up there yeah. looking, you know. But yeah. I'm gonna tell you, man, if you watch the video and listen to what's going on in the background, I can't call a turkey no better than that. I mean, it just boop, 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 boop. it is the most perfect thing ever. I mean, yeah, because it first started off. If you remember when we first heard them, it started off just like you're doing, boop, boop, and we thought, man, there's a hen over there. 
And then I guess another couple got on the court and they started playing. So then it started going back. <laughs> Doubled said, it up. There's two hens over there. Well, let's go get them. <laughs> you know, it's like we can we can get after these. Yeah, I feel so bad about that. Yeah, that was good. But yeah, you know we. Well, I mean, you talk about the distance rule. That's how we ended up in the situation where I was talking about last night where we were hunting at. I'm not going to mention it here because that's top secret information. Yeah. But that's I mean that that's all rides in that area right there, uh, seven ninety. Uh, Florida statute mm-hmm. dictates all that. But, yeah, we've got to, you know, I've got to see and be a part of some really cool and funny stuff. Um, but, honestly, man, I, like I said, I was fortunate and blessed for the people I got to film with because if they were here right now, any one of them, you wouldn't know the difference. If those guys were in camp with you, you know, you would think you knew them forever. They just, they just enjoy it. They love it. You know, it's a part of their job also, and they're they're trying to put out good content, and they're passionate about it. But at the end of the day, that's what I really liked about it is the friendships I made through all these people. And people that you never – you know, I never thought I was going to meet Tracy Lawrence. You know – Jason Aldean. Yeah, and those guys is just like uh, – you know, and then Craig Morgan. I got to Elkhorn Craig Morgan and Tracy Lawrence and met Trace Atkins and – and I never thought I'd get to meet them, let alone at the end of a hunt, them trade phone numbers with me. And Tracy Lawrence texts Britton on his birthday, happy birthday. And he texts me Christmas like two years ago. He's like, hey, Merry Christmas. Hope you and the family's doing good. I guess that just like, that, I, I don't know. I have so much respect for that guy. He, it's the personal but, connection you make with people. Yeah, and that, the, but that and that's what I'm, I, I love about it. Because like I said, man, all these guys, like, there's some big-name guys in the industry, if you follow the outdoors, you know, that I've gotten to work with. And if they were here with us, they'd be cutting up just as much and having fun, and, and you know, they wouldn't treat you no different. And I just love that. I love that about all of them. So what is your most memorable hunt to date? Obviously, that can change from now. Mm. but I guess, personally, it'd be probably – Personally, back-to-back would be my son's first deer, first buck that he shot, and then my daughter's first hog. My my son's first buck was emotional. My daughter's first hog was a party. We went out the back slider door with a green light, and she shot it with a crossbow, and we had so much fun just getting after And here's another bad thing about getting to know Catfish Parker a little bit. Him and my daughter became pretty good friend she's always talking and asking about him but so we watched their shows and and she's seen some of the footage and this and that and getting back to how i was saying uh catfish is you know sometimes pretty intense when he's hunting uh my daughter is mimicking that a little bit i was moving well she said i was moving in the back of the blind when we were hog hunting one time she looked back at me and told me to sit still and be quiet because the <laughs> hogs aren't going to see me and hear me <laughs> and i said man that that brings back memories to billy getting onto me in a tree stand <laughs> but yeah so that probably personally that probably be the most memorable one um man it, it, it's hard as far as professionally we had we've had some good hunts um, a lot of mineral Britain's Britain's hunt elk hunt in Colorado uh, love that uh, just being in Colorado I, I really really enjoyed that uh, Kip and I had a bear hunt that was that was a lot of fun my first time bear hunting but I guess I probably have to go back to uh, 
man, Matt Light's hunt was pretty fun too. But uh, I guess I'd probably have to say the one that we did with um, uh, the Parkers with, with with Billy and Hank for some kids that have some serious issues going on, and both of them got to kill uh, two pretty big deer out in Missouri. So that that's probably one that I uh, I remember. There's there's another one that's a kind of a heartbreaker too. Another one with Billy where we were and um, uh, we were in Georgia turkey hunting, and uh, this kid he couldn't walk very far, and uh, so I carried this kid around all like the whole weekend, and I carried him on my back out to the turkey woods, and he shot. They shot a turkey that morning. And uh, we got to celebrate and do all that. And I was supposed to edit that footage for for them. And then they were going to put it on the show also. And we had a drive crash. And I lost, lost all that footage. Yeah. So that one kind of sucked. But there's a, but that one out with, uh, with Hank and Billy, uh, there, was a, there was a kid there that scooted around, you know, just kind of like crawling around because his legs, he, he's had, man, I, several broken bows throughout his life i mean in the 60s 70s and probably more now I'll, every time i see him on facebook he's in a cast but he's a go-getter and he shot this deer out there and uh hank was filming it and i was coming out there to meet him for the recovery and that kid stood up and walked towards that deer to recover it man and that was awesome to see him that excited that he you know his <clears throat> that was the first time i ever seen him walk through the whole weekend actually walk and his mom, obviously, she was crying in the background. But to see him that excited get up and walk, he wanted to walk to his deer. He didn't want to be carried. He didn't want to be pushed. He wanted to walk to recover his deer. That that was pretty memorable. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, that's I don't know that that that's emotional. Yeah, you know, that's something that sticks with you. Yeah, that that one stick with me. You know, and it's hard not to think about your kids when you when you do that. But man, there's just it's so hard there's so many countless ones on the other side that were just so much fun and just laughed the whole time and then had good hunts or or even bad hunts just the people you're with in camp just like there's so many of those but i guess if you're just saying memorable that's what stuck out my mind right away you know you talk about stuff like that and that when people say why do you hunt well why why do you like to hunt but that right there, a story like that shows the the power, mm-hmm. like the true power behind why we hunt. Yeah. Because it, it, it gives you that much drive mm-hmm. to someone who, who normally doesn't or couldn't walk. Yeah. Gets Man. up. It, it, it's just, and that's, that's in everybody, yeah. right? It doesn't come out that way because uh, we are blessed to be normal functioning human beings Mm -hmm. but it's that power is still there yeah the joy that you see in kids when they harvest an animal i want to keep that forever i feel like i still have that right now and so when when i watch stuff and i see somebody shoot a deer and then start complaining about that deer not as big as they thought it was going to be or this this broke off or that i'm like man like you just that's where i ask why are you doing it where's the joy at like i don't know maybe i haven't killed enough deer because the deer that they're complaining about i would never pass you know i'd shoot it every time i got a chance right now 
But, uh, man, it's supposed to be fun, in my opinion. It's supposed to be fun, it's supposed to be memorable, and it's supposed to be passed down to the next generation. And when I see the joy in these kids when they're when they're hunting, like that's what I'm trying to keep through it. I want to keep that happy, that joy, that excitement every time I get get out and get to be able to hunt or fish or any of it. So tell us about the one that got away, the one that uh, keeps you up at night when you can't sleep. Your personal deer that is still, as far as you know, out there somewhere. Man, I'm gonna go right back to that one in Michigan was a good buck for Michigan where we're at. I'm, I just misjudged that. Uh, but like you said earlier, I'm really I'm really excited and pumped up to make a, a good Florida deer episode. You know, a good Florida archery deer episode. And I had an opportunity last year. And that joker just, I don't know, man. Like, he's the biggest body deer I've ever seen in Florida. So... I think about him a few times. <laughs> I want to go back. I never even flung an arrow at him. I just seen him. And I could have. I could have killed him. Man, I could have killed him. I just thought it's going to be so much better if he gets out here in front of me. But, yeah, I guess just going back to last year, missing that buck in Michigan, uh, I learned a lot from that. So that was good. And then uh, this deer in Florida is probably the one I'm I'm most excited to get after again. Man, I am just sitting back here listening to this conversation, loving y'all's passion, man. This is this is great right here. I'm enjoying it. Can't help it. We're ate up with it. I know. I am too, but I just got fixated on y'all talking. You know, just, <laughs> man, this is awesome. You know? I, t- I tell you. But I you am. know what I did to get me over, get, not get over that deer, but what I'm trying to do still to this day, get over that deer? Man, ever since I, I haven't seen that deer again, I've probably killed 30 hogs. <laughs> I mean, I've been schwacking <laughs> some hogs with my bow. Boy, I've been getting after them. Yeah, I love I love that too. Hog hunting, and I got into hog hunting with a recurve, and I got a new recurve from Martin coming. I'm fired up about. I'll tell but, you what, man. We, man, our that, our sponsorship from Martin and you know Obsession Bows. I don't know if people's checked them out, but I can tell you, I've been bow hunting my whole life, and they build some fine bows man mm-hmm. those martins and the obsession line are some incredible bows man um the one i shoot from obsession is probably the finest piece of equipment i've ever shot you know and, and i've shot all everything you know but that obsession bow that i shoot is ty shoots one you know i mean man, it's my, fast. my wife shoots one they are quiet they are solid and they are fast yeah you know, and it's, they're a great bow. And I, everybody should check. Because when, <clears throat> when I got my first one, I was like, well, you know, I got it rigged up. And the first time I let it go, I was like, man, this thing is awesome. Yeah. And it, it's just solid tack driver, you know. Yeah, that's what's funny with, with us is, is I met Joel and Shonda on that turkey hunt with Tombow down south. And, uh, man, we hit it off. They're such good people. Good people. And uh, and and Shauna said, "Man, we need to get you a Martin bow." And 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 Chris is one of their sales guys, Chris Saller, who I became good friends with too. And and we were talking about it, and um, and I didn't say much there because I was there working for Buck Commander, right? And so I left there, and and Chris calls me and asks me about bows, and we're talking about it. And I said, "Man, no no offense, bud, but I said for one." You know, we know where we're at with our show. We know where we're going. We know the potential of it. 
but I can get a discount bow or free bow. I mean, like Billy Parker gave me a, a, a bow and, and Kip actually gave me one too. And uh, I was like, so, you know, if you guys are wanting a bunch of stuff from me for this Martin, I said, I need to shoot it first and see. And I'm not, I mean, I can't guarantee. I really appreciate the gesture. But I don't want you thinking that I'm going to do, you know, knock this out of the world for you if I don't even like the bow. Man, they sent that bow down to me, and I was like, yep, no problem. I'll do whatever y'all need. This bow is awesome. I really do love it. I was I was honestly surprised how, how dead in the hand that was and how quiet that bow was. And I could hold that bow back forever, which is awesome when you're piggling. I'm going to tell you, I was the same way. You know, I, I'd been shooting – you know some good bows and when we got those bows i got the first one got it rigged and when i rolled it over to the wall the first time and was standing there with it i'm like this is the most comfortable thing i've ever shot and every time that i've pulled one of martin's or martin or a session every time it is one of the most comfortable bows i've ever Mm -hmm. shot they're fast. They're quiet. They're the most stable thing. I mean, the attention to detail that they put they, into it, exactly. I, I, I love. I mean, you look at that, and, and it's not a big deal, but they have that little groove in the hand grip yeah. where you you can put your fingertips in. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you do like a Bruce Lee's, what some people mm-hmm. call it, right? So you, you hold that bow out, and you got that little groove in the bow where you can just slide your fingertips right in there, and you just feel so comfortable with it. Yeah. It is. I'm telling you, man, when it rolls over to the wall, it's got a bit – you've got to shoot one of them. You know, yeah. my, my obsession when it – And at their price point. I mean, it, these bows it, are getting ridiculously expensive. Are. But at the price point that they have them at, I mean, it's worth shooting. Just go shoot it. Just go shoot it one time. It might see. not be a good bow for you, but go shoot it and find out. I, I'd, I'd have a hard time believing that nah. it's not. You know, I, I, love, I love mine. I love them. Yeah. You know. And I don't think I've ever backed anything like I'm doing right now. And I mean, I'm yeah. a bow hunter. I've been bow wait hunting. till next year and you get a you get a new sponsor. Now I'm just like, <laughs> Sean, this is the best thing I've ever shot in my life. That's now, not Hank. I don't know why I went Hank there. I just felt right, but gonna, he wouldn't. I'm gonna tell you, he wouldn't I, do that. He's gonna be honest. But but yeah, you see that if, where next year they'll be like, there ain't a better bow manufacturer than this in the world. Well, I'll tell you what, if we get dropped. I'm gonna quit bow hunting. <laughs> <laughs> no, you wouldn't quit bow hunting. I know, you just I've keep got, shooting that mark. I was gonna say obsession. I got a ton of them in my closet, so yeah. I'm gonna keep shooting them. No, they. Uh, I don't know why you wouldn't just go try it. Yeah, just go try one. Mm-hmm. And they, they're just they're they are a. This they, is what I I had somebody just recently asked me that, uh, who is a shooter with a that shot another bow company for a long time. You know, probably figure out who what oh, bow know. company. Yeah, is. I know. He goes, well, you really like that Martin? I said, yeah, I really do. And he goes, should I go try and shoot? I said, yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't. At the price point that it is and how much money you're going to save, I, I was like, if you didn't, if they didn't have any names on the bows, you wouldn't know. So why just go in there and act like there's not a name on the bow and shoot all of them? Yep. I said, but if you pick that Martin up and you shoot it at that price point, you're going to buy it. And then now you can get that better sight that you've always wanted, you know? Yep. Yeah, I we mean, were. I, mean, I, I went with Spot Hog on mine, but dang, it's like three hundred dollars or yeah, something well, like that. I mean, you know, H H A is one of our sponsors, and they've got some great stuff, man. You know, Fallaways and their sight systems are incredible. Yeah. They're they're in, you know, they're expensive, 
But, but you, you're gonna you pay save for what that you much get. money on your bow, you exactly. go buy that HHA. Exactly. Or that exactly. spot hog or whatever it is. Exactly. I, we don't have a site sponsor and it don't matter uh if we did or didn't, you you can save your money on the bow and you can yep. you can trick it out the way you want exactly. to. Exactly, exactly. But I mean, you know, I shot those other bow companies and just thought that I'd never switch until we mm-hmm. got sponsored by Martin and Obsession and once I shot I was like, Man. Yeah. You know, I was ignorant to what mm-hmm. the deal was, you know, thinking yeah. I was smart. But it's a great, great bow. Great bow company. So if you had to offer one piece of advice to those seeking a career in the outdoor industry, what would it be? Mm. As, what, what do you mean as far as the outdoor industry? Like, are you just, from my background, like trying to be a camera guy or start a show? Is that where you, what you're getting out or is you're just... Because that, that means a lot. I mean, you can go. Oh yeah, you can absolutely. Try and go work with one of these bigger companies as like a social media guy or a photography guy, or you know, I guess I could just talk about what I know. That yeah, let's do Which that. Because I, I mean, <laughs> everybody everybody's version of the outdoor industry is different. Yeah, right? I mean, you could be anything from from working for the first four services because those timber, guys that you know, wildlife got, biologists or whatever. Yeah, uh, sorry to cut you off there, but those guys we were just talking about, like at the the bow manufacturers like i just talked to a guy that was his thing he wanted to go work for a bow manufacturer and that's how he got in the outdoor industry right and he shoots competition bows so but as far as for me getting in the outdoor industry as far as like filming or starting a show i mean now it's easier than ever to start a show and uh because you can just put it up on youtube right you know we were talking earlier about common man outdoors was was almost about to be on pursuit channel and i backed out of it because i just looked at wanting to put as much effort as i could into youtube because i really believe youtube's going to be huge for the outdoor industry in the next two to three years it already is doing really really good we're probably two years behind but the next two to three years you're going to see a lot of shows on the outdoor on on youtube that are you know outdoor channel quality and so it would be just getting out as far as the advice to start the show you just got to get out and go and grind and keep going and and stick with it the advice that was given to me when i first started is saying hey i think i want to be a camera guy only advice one guy gave me was get a camera and start filming start learning equipment learning you know the lingo learning uh the shots that you need for a show how much content you need they're just that you know that's another two-hour podcast if we wanted to get into to all that stuff but i would say just start doing it start with something don't allow an excuse to keep you out of the woods if you really want a hunting show then but you don't have the you know the, the camera gear that i run now uh don't allow that not to don't allow that to disturb uh can we come back to this Sorry, Jay's distracting me as he's pouring. <laughs> but, <laughs> I was trying to be quiet making a drink. Yeah, you're not being quiet, bud. I'm sorry. But, but was I being this, loud? This is staying in here. It's uh, all but, staying in. <laughs> but don't let that discourage you from going out and filming just because you don't have a, you know, a Sony FS6 or FS5 or an A7 III, whatever, whatever camera you think you need. Get, put a mount on your, go, on your bow with your phone and just start filming it and film talk to your talk to your phone in your truck 
get go get shots going out to the stand. Start filming it and start putting stuff together. You can get a GoPro now, and man, they GoPros came a long way. Oh, absolutely. We use them. I use yeah. them all the time. You can do time lapse on them. You can do slow mos with them. You can do hyper lapses. You're driving. I forget what they call it, but uh, and you can shoot and and crop in and and kill your animal and then you can turn around and and look and talk to it and the audios came a long way so i would say you just gotta eliminate all your excuses and get after it if you're really passionate about show as far as filming uh it kind of is the same thing get out there and start filming there's a lot of different schools you can attend to learn how to do field production i highly uh, recommend film the hunt i think those guys put on a great course um i know caleb uh copeland has a course also with uh his uh he he produces red arrow and i think hunt masters and a couple other ones he does a, a production course also and i'm sure his is awesome because he he shoots some really good cinematic stuff but i i've been through the film the hunt course i would highly recommend film the hunt course and that's gonna that's gonna jump start you into having an opportunity to go film for somebody. Um, when I, like I said, when I first started trying to film, I offered to film for free for a lot of people. Um, and everybody that I offered to film for free for that hired me paid me after that trip. So I think they just appreciate the gesture, but at the end of the day, when they seen how hard I worked for them, they ended up paying me. Uh, so my thing is, is I don't like excuses. I don't try to make excuses for anything. Now, there's things that can deter you and, and, and different issues, and I know people have jobs and all that, but, man, I was working a full-time job, married with two kids, and I figured out how to do it. If you're passionate about it, your drive's going to take you there. and Don't don't allow any excuse to stop you from accomplishing that goal. So I know that's kind of just like rambling on about it, but that's, that's the way I feel about it. If you're really – you can tell the people that are really, really wanting it and the people that just are talking about what they want. The people really, really want it. They're getting after it. They're watching YouTube tutorials on how to edit, how to film, whatever, you know. Like I said, when I started this, man, I didn't even have a smartphone at the time when I started filming. I didn't have Facebook. I didn't have really none of that. I don't – well, I think I had Facebook, but I would send the pictures to my wife to post. And so <laughs> I remember I killed a deer in Michigan. I sent it to her. I was like, hey, put this on my Facebook. <laughs> and so – but so – it's, it's that old saying you hear from, from everybody, if I can do it, you can do it. I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to open up iMovie when I first started trying to edit stuff. I had to YouTube how to open that up, and I had to YouTube how to up, like get the footage in there. I YouTube every single thing on that first thing I edited, and I just kept going. So, you know, I've never done an editing course. Film the Hunt puts on an excellent editing course from what I hear. But I never, you know, timing, I wasn't able to attend that course. So I'm self-taught on all my editing. So you're going to find a way if you really want it. Just eliminate excuses. Keep diving into, you know, these type of podcasts, YouTube, different things where you can continue to gain knowledge. So, man, I don't know if I answered your question or not. No, I mean, I think that fits the bill really <laughs> but well. But that's just kind of how I, I am, think I think he answered it twice. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably did. I kept saying just get after it and no excuses. <laughs> that's exactly that's that's all you got to hear. That's yeah. how I go after it. 
Yeah. All of it, I but guess. That, that's, life. A, that's a very universal answer right there. It's just yeah, I know. I get feel, after I it. Feels but what, what I mean, too, it's, but... it's, it's, it's good in the fact that it is universal, right? It, it get after it, and there's no excuses. Yeah, it's just the facts. Yeah. It's just the facts of how it's supposed to be done. Yeah. yeah. It really is. And so... And, and I, understand... Here, here is one thing. Understand the value in marketing yourself and building relationships. Because you just need that one door to open up, uh, like I did with Conquest 200 and Dave Boise, allowing me to come film for them on the ranch for one day. And uh, then I got calls from everybody. that Everybody else that, it was like, man, it, I don't know if they gave my name out or what it was, but I started getting calls from people that, from shows I didn't even know were on the Outdoor Channel. <laughs> And I'm like calling a buddy, you know, so-and-so. Yeah, man, they got a great show. I was like, he needs me to come film this out somewhere, you know? So, yeah, it's, you know, keep building those relationships. And eventually, you know, when that door opens up, just run through it. My wife likes to say that I I pray for doors to close because I'll run through every door. I'll bust (laughs) through every door wide open and see. I'm like, let's go figure it out and see if it's going to work. Either And then... It probably most of the time it doesn't work and I look back, yeah, that was kinda stupid, but Yeah, but you always dig your heels in and go yeah. to the next one and you keep driving. I gotta try stuff. Keep driving forward. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta try it. Yeah. So yeah. I I got a, a I know we're running long on time, but I got one little another funny story. The first time I filmed for Conquest Sense or Conquest two hundred. If you don't know who they are, look up Conquest two hundred, but look up Conquest Sense. They make a product called Evercom. And uh so I was there filming, and it's a it's a deer farm where they collect scent and and breed deer, and and you know, we're there filming that whole side of it, and you just got to look up Conquest Two Hundred, watch the show, so you understand it. But Doug darted this deer called Bruce. This is my first day on the farm. He darted this deer called Bruce to collect the straws out of it i don't know if we can say semen but i just did but collect the the straws out of it and if y'all don't know what straws are they're they're semen that they're going to put into does to breed them so they're going to artificially official artificial insemination yeah, thank you and uh so he they darted this this deer and i'm like in full just filming trying to do the best i can right running around trying to get everything i can and we got this deer on a stretcher, and it's the biggest deer I've ever seen in my life. And we're going up, put it on this table. We got this doctor there that's got this probe that vibrates, and we're going to get this semen out. And I'm sitting there, and I'm over top of this. T- this table is just, just like the table we're sitting at, and this deer is laying on there. This deer is 203 inches at two years old. Clean, typical. At this time, he ended up getting some kickers later, but at this time, I don't think he had a kicker on him. 202 inches at two years old. Rough score. I'm filming over top of this table and it's a pretty intense situation because, you know, there's a lot of things that go wrong. If this deer doesn't wake back up, Doug's about to lose a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so Doug, as stressful as you can feel the whole thing from when we darted to get this deer in, you can feel the stress through it. And Doug looks up at me and he goes, Hey buddy, he goes, you know, I wouldn't recommend standing there. And I look down, and I got a 14-inch G2 right between my legs. And he said, bud, if this deer wakes up, you're going to have a bad day. (laughs) 
And I'm like, man. But what was awesome about that is the rest of the time filming it was, you know, it cut the tension out. Like, you know, we had a little laugh and then it was good and then I could breathe a little bit. But I was just in shock looking at this deer and I looked down and I do, I got a G2 with some mass on it right there. And if he kicked a little bit, whoo, that wasn't going to be good. Yeah, you weren't going to get much more film after that. Yeah, we yeah. weren't going to have any more kids after that either, too, really. <laughs> so, each week we, we close that episode with the Under Pressure Outdoors tip of the week. And uh, I'll go ahead and, and start us off. And, you know, you kind of touched on it earlier that there's no excuses. No, you just mm-hmm. get after it. I, I never, it always seemed kind of cliche to to tell to be told as a kid well, you can do you can be whatever you want to be yeah you can't <laughs> i'm sorry is that not right no. you can't be whatever you can be but you can work your butt off to to do stuff that you're passionate about that yeah that's that's you know and you know and it, it always seemed to me like that, that was always something i wanted was to hunt for a living and i i look back now and, and i say you know there, there's different paths I could have taken in life to, to be in a different place where I am now. Not that I want to be anywhere than where I am right now. I'm very blessed to have what I have and my family. But you, you truly can, if you devote every part of your being to, to being to your dream. Yeah. Then it can become reality. Yeah, I like that. I guess I said that a little wrong. You can be whatever you want to be if you're realistic with yourself. Right. I'm, you know, even though I'm 6'4", I was not going to ever make it in the NBA. Right. Like, no matter how much I worked at it, I just, I'm not going to have the athletic ability to keep up with, with that level, right? So, I like the way you said it, but, yeah, I don't, I, I say you can be whatever you be as long as you're realistic with yourself. Just I mean, because but something's it, uh, hard to get to doesn't right. mean, you know doesn't mean you can't do it. I'm not saying that. It, it goes back to say you want to be an astronaut, right? That, yeah. That's great. You can be an astronaut, yeah, but absolutely. you also have to be thinking about yeah. when you're in high school, these are the advanced placement math classes I need yeah. to be in. This is what I need to go to college for. This is, you know, that that has to constantly be a, an ever-present goal in the front of your mind. Right. I can't be the Prince of England, and I can't be a Democrat, so... No well, fair enough. Bad, I, you know? I can I can understand that. <laughs> so you're neither. <laughs> I've been tricked. So I'm just saying you just got to be realistic with yourself. Right, yeah. Yeah, the Democrat thing. I, I I'm not sure about. I don't think I can do that either. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. No, we're getting wrong, we're going down the wrong rabbit hole there, boys. <laughs> so what do you guys got? I'm sorry, I kept interrupting your tip. I forgot that's no, that was it. That, that's all I got. I mean, you you literally devote every ounce of what you've got to something, and you, and you can, yeah, absolutely. you can make something yeah. something out of it. Well, I guess my thing with it is, you know, I got into this industry a little different than George. Well, kind of the same. You know, if you want to get into the in- outdoor industry, find a farm that you can guide on and go in that direction. Yeah, which absolutely. is what I did. So. You know, get a lot of knowledge. That a lot way. of yeah. knowledge. You meet a lot of people. You, you you have to work on your hunting ability. You know, it makes you work on it. Um, I didn't have to because when I went into guiding, I was the best hunter that there was on the earth. <laughs> but um, you know, man, your last name Parker too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
but uh yeah it taught me a lot it taught me humility it taught me how to deal with people and uh if you're looking to get into it find a place to slide in do some do some work on a ranch someplace that they need some help and you know work that way and the thing is too i mean you might start out shoveling horse shit yep I I tell you right but, now, I have never dumped as much corn and filled more feeders and fixed cameras and disc food plots, you know, before I started making the massive amount of money that I'm making now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to start somewhere, and a lot, 99.999% of the time, it's at the bottom. Right down there on the shovel. You yeah, know? and you, you got to be happy with that. Yeah, you got to be happy with making ramen noodle money. Yep, you got to enjoy it. Yeah. You know? And I guess that's been the whole part of this whole show. You know, you gotta, you gotta love what you're doing and dig into it. And that's that. I guess my tip would be, um, you know, you can be whatever you want to (laughs) be. Except for an NBA player, (laughs) uh, Democrat, Uh, or the Prince of England. (laughs) No, um, my tip would just be, man, remember that just to have fun with your life, figure out a way to have fun. Uh, spend it with, with like-minded people, people that are going to encourage you, people that are going to push you and make you want to be better. Um, and just, you know, spend time with those, those friends and family, hug them, love them and laugh with them. And that'd be my tip. Just remember that this should be fun. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a fact. Very nice. That's a wrap. Very nice. We got to do this again because I feel like I did a terrible job. Oh, we'll we'll definitely do it again. <laughs> we'll definitely do it again. But until next time, you guys uh, can scroll down the bottom of the podcast description. You'll be able to find links to Common Man Outdoors. I'll get the Facebook link in there and all the other social media stuff plus YouTube. You guys watch some of those videos because, quite frankly, they're hilarious. Uh, some of them are, are really funny. I mean, yeah. you get the com- the comedy out of this episode. Um, but when you get down in that podcast description, you'll also find links to our social media sites as well as, you know, you guys join the group and, uh, you can post there and share all your hunting experiences and ask questions and all that good stuff. So you'll have that link. And then, uh, if you're on Apple podcast, you scroll down there and leave us a five-star review or leave us a review, write a review period, and then send me your mailing address. I'll mail you some stickers that offer still stands and nobody's taken me up on it yet. Actually, that's not true. I had one person take me up on it, but I met him in person to hand him stickers. And they if came you to have dynamite school. land for us to hunt on, <laughs> leave us a message. You can send that directly to me, and I'll be sure to disseminate uh, uh, that to these other we, we will come film on your land. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our budget's really tight, yeah. so all them free hunts we can get, buddy. We're looking for at least 13 acres, right? Not 12, yeah, right? Yeah. We could get a little bit more than seven acres. Seven. <laughs> Well, guys, it's going to be a great episode. So it, I'm looking forward to put it out there for these guys. I, I appreciate you coming on, Jordan, and it was a yes, it was sir. a good it was a lot of fun. Man, I appreciate you. Yeah, that was a lot of fun, and hopefully you'll have me back. Hopefully it wasn't too terrible. I think we can do better next time. Oh, we'll definitely have you back. We still got whiskey to drink. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so. Either way, we're going to have fun with it, aren't we? Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, stop this and get a little further into that whiskey and a couple more beers. Yeah, let's make another one. Let's do it. Yeah, we'll catch you guys next week. Thanks, Will. Yep.